Yeah. 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 Chrome hearts at the Caesar's Palace. I was a sneaker savage, undefeated baggage. K bar, you can be established. A 230s, that's 69s. You can eat a salad while you feed a phallus. I speak in palettes that compete with graphics. At the speed of cheetah gallops at indecent average. Chopsticks when I be eating garrets. Philippe receipt and Barris, you can't see the marriage. That's why I started this in Vegas. Proposed to my toast, Neo's married to the Matrix. But I hate this bitch like I'm married to a. Can't complain, bro. You already know. We back, we back, we back for another edition. Back for another edition of our new Sunday scheduled mano a mano. We here to destroy this. You already know we ain't got no boxing, but we still got lots of boxing things to talk about. Let's get it. You already know your boys from the hood, Maestro and KO Kenny. Let's get it. One hundred percent. Now, before we get started, Kenny, I gotta ask you: Do you need me to? Do you need me to send one of these over to the Heights for you today? It's the big boy right there. That's the that's the twenty fluid ounce right there. That's the twenty fluid ounce one for you, bro. I, I, I just brewed the large cup of coffee. You already know. Just, just just getting up from my afternoon nap. You already know, man. Got 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 to get that good energy. Well, what they call it overseas, siesta. Yeah, siesta over in Spain. You know, they the Spanish they like their two sleep cycles, which which siesta. I, yeah. Forever. <laughs> so listen, man, I, I hit the sack real early last night. I, I didn't have any reason to stay up. Um, not much going on. I, nothing really on the zone. Nothing really on Showtime. Nothing really on, you know, any of the other typical boxing outlets. What, what was your weekend like, Kenny? Seen boxeo without boxing. Bro, I I saw so many fight replays and highlights and fight clips and fight news and face-offs and showdowns and trash talks and updates yesterday. I have nothing at all regarding boxing to catch up on. After so many hours of catching up on boxing, I just started playing video games and nonsense there was just nothing at all to do it was a very very sad saturday i I usually reserve my saturday nights for boxing you know my saturday uh uh, mornings and afternoons are for you know having a little bit of fun you know uh relaxing shaking off the week and then my nights off uh, saturday nights are usually for boxing it was so sad not to have any boxing or anything entertaining to watch no, I get you. And I mean, things were getting real desperate. I know that, uh, I don't know if it was the Matchroom YouTube channel or the the Zone YouTube channel, but they were showing like the original Ben Eubank fight. Um, whatever, I guess people could get caught up on that. Um, but there you go. I mean, look, big up to Virtuoso. Virtuoso was there with me for punchlines. Well, that was weak. That was a that was a weak toy. <laughs> do that again for virtuoso. There you go. Big virtuoso out of the BX. Uh, Team Batman Boxing is also in the house. He says that he's hyped for the fight. Really looking forward to it. And uh, look, I'll be honest. Uh, I just did a quick punchlines, Kenny, before this mano a mano, and I called it a junk food fight. You know, every now and again. <laughs> You know, we like our junk food every now and again. I mean, it's not great food, but it tastes good. 
And I think that that's how this fight's going to kind of be. I mean, I, I like that description. Yeah, I still think it's a meaningless fight, but it's like Taco Bell versus me going out with my with my wife going downtown to to Planta, which you're familiar with in in Manhattan, a much more, a much more like fancy type restaurant. You know what I mean? Um, but I still like me some Taco Bell. I still like me the a, a veggie fiesta burrito and the black bean chalupa. You know, I I, I get to work on those. My, my maestro said it's Sunday, so let's go get an ice cream Sunday. Holy <laughs> <laughs> ice cream, absolutely. Uh, and you know, and then you got Chris Eubank Jr. eating fast food nonstop in these videos. I mean, first it was chicken. Now it's burgers. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I mean, I'm with I'm with Team Batman Boxing. I am kind of getting hyped for the fight. And I think what's good about it, too, if you're looking at it from that perspective, Kenny, is that because there was no real boxing this past weekend, people are just going to be hungry for anything. I mean, if you haven't eaten in a day or two and somebody – you know, put, puts Burger King or Taco Bell in front of you, you're going to think it's the greatest thing in the world because you're going to be hungry for it. Gourmet, baby. Yeah, right? So, you know, it is what it is. It's a fight between a prospect at middleweight versus a prospect at welterweight. Am, am I am I off on saying that? Or is or am, I being, am I being too harsh? Am I being too soft? Like, how, how are you seeing it? Uh, I'm seeing it more like a like a prospect at welterweight versus like a a, a has been slash never was at middleweight. You know what I'm saying? That, that's what I'm looking at it as. Wow. Like a, 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 a guy who once had potential, uh, a guy who once had the media, who once had the hype, who once had all everything. He had the name, he had the hype, he had all eyes on him. He had the look of a boxer, he was fit. He could throw lots of punches and bunches. And I guess the menti- the mentality, the mind, the, 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 the hunger wasn't there. He was more interested in nice jackets and fashion than uh, punching people in the face. So, yeah, uh, Chris Eubank is... But he is the much, 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 much bigger guy. So... It plays a role, I think. It's interesting that you say this, Kenny, because I've said it multiple times on the show. People know we used to work with each other in a, in a school. And back then, you were a little more high on Con- uh, sorry, Chris Eubank Jr. I think a few things happened. I think one of them was he's I, I, look, people could call it what it is. I just call it the way I see it. Uh, it looks to me like he swerved that Triple G fight the Triple G fight that was supposed to take place at the O2 in London uh, back in 2016, in the fall of 2016, where Kell Brook ended up stepping in. You remember this, right, Kenny? Uh, It's so stupid, too, because it could have been, it was a big uh, life changer for him. Yeah, I mean, he, he was, it was a fall fight, if I remember correctly, 2016. And, I mean... What I remember, and it happened with me too, is it's like when that fight didn't happen, 
the way people started to view Chris Eubank Jr. started to change drastically. It's like, is this guy serious? Does he actually want to be a world titleist? Uh, what's the what's the agenda here? What's going on? And since then, I mean, we haven't really seen anything uh, since 2016. I mean, since 2016, yes, he's got he's had to win against James DeGale. He lost to George Groves. Uh, he did uh, old DeGale. Yeah, old DeGale. Yeah, he did kind of enter the World Boxing Super Series, but. I mean, it, it. there hasn't really been much sizzle. Um, I mean, I'm going to name off the last few opponents here. Liam Williams, a guy that would al- was already beat handily by, by Demetrius Andrade. Wanik Dijon. I don't think most people really know about him. Marcus Morrison, who's like a B-level fighter on the domestic scene, by, by the way, when I say B-level, I don't mean on the world scene. I mean B-level on the domestic scene in in England. He had the fight against Matt Korobov. Okay, I guess you could give him some props for that. That's when he was with the PBC. And then he also had that fight with James DeGale. Um, again, these came after the George Groves defeat. I, I don't really, I don't really understand, like, if it weren't for the father... Would anybody really care about this, his career at this point, or about this fight? I'm going to let you answer that, Kenny, and then I'm going to go to some of the comments. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, well, there was one other thing. Before I answer that question, there was one other thing that got people very upset with Chris Eubank Jr., which was what got me very upset and was like, yo, I can't, I can't support this guy no more. What is he doing? It was uh, the fact that he never changed. There were so many mistakes that he was making fight to fight to fight to fight. And he always kept the same style with uh, no extension on the punches with the <laughs> like these like very close to his body, like elbow tight, you know, no extension type of punches. I mean, yeah, he had some power in those punches. But guess what? He also had to get extremely close to his uh, opponents in order to land those punches. He never made any changes, not even to the jab. If he would have at least ex- gave himself a full jab with, with full extension, I-, I wouldn't care. No, even his jab was like, it was like a, like a, like a hook curve jab, which I really despise. And he never changed anything. No, no matter, you would see... 45,000 training videos of him per training camp, and he would never alter that jab or anything to give himself more of an advantage. That's why I stopped watching it. Because, like, you're a professional boxer, bro. You're at the top. You're at the highest level of boxing that you can go to, and you're not trying to get better. All you're doing is continuing to post the same exact videos, beating up the same exact type of punching bag, the one on the wall with the little uh, coming out at the top for the head, the body, the little shoulder. <laughs> like, bro, come on. That's why. And, so, and and what was the question? Sorry. So essentially, he's fighting like David Lemieux, like, like, you know, range when he should be fighting at long range because he's got the physical tools to be able to do that. Exactly. Exactly. I, the question was, I mean, if it, at this stage, when you look at his record, when you look at the names that I that I went over, 
the question is, would anybody care about this career or about this fight if it weren't for the fathers? To me, I, the answer to that is no. Um, yes and no. But I want to hear what you have to say. Go for it. I say yes and no specifically only because he's done a very good job at the social media thing. He did the Ryan Garcia thing for a hell of a lot of years. You you know how Ryan Garcia was posting his videos with the you know with the little bag that comes back and forth when you punch it. Uh, he was doing yeah he was doing millions of videos with that little bag, and then he started pu- uploading videos with the speed bag and punching bags and all that sh- all that stuff. You know, uh, um, Chris Eubank kept on posting videos doing the same exact action that he was looking good at, where he was looking fast strong cut up the the punches pow pow you know it, it just looked like he was doing amazing things kept on posting those videos that looked really really good and every the 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 general public started falling for that so the uh, the combination with his father along with uh the general public falling for his social media videos um and also the funny trash talk that he'd be coming up with because he is entertaining with the microphone. Oh, 100%. That, that is what's actually making this the most entertaining for me in terms of the buildup. I mean, dude is a showman. I kind of went over it a little bit in punchlines, only the fried chicken part. And then I had this clip where uh, his dad was kind of doing the same thing a couple years back, acting as if he'd never eaten fried chicken before and he's some kind of an aristocrat. Like, we don't know, he's Jamaican, uh, born and, and raised up in Peckham, which is a, at least when I was living in London, was like a super hood area. Um, you know, actor acting like royalty, you know, uh, eating chicken like, 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 uh, like an aristocrat. <laughs> <laughs> KFC. <laughs> <laughs> acting as if he never knew. I might do a Kenny's react to this video at the end just for, just for fun so you could see it. But uh, but acting like he never even knew that, like, KFC sold chicken in buckets. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, look, I mean, I don't know if Team Batman, it's like a mix of things here. I mean, George H. is agreeing. He said that he swerved the Brook fight. Um, Team Batman also thinks that he swerved the Brook, the Brook fight. But then he's also saying, Team Batman, that is, that interesting stat is that Eubank Jr. beat more former champs than Andrade has. But here's the thing with Boo Boo. Boo Boo just uh, ducked out of the Zach Parker fight. This is the second time he's backed away from that Zach Parker fight. And he, he remember, he took on the Zach Parker fight. I wanted to talk about this topic, too. I might just skirt around it a little bit and then get back to the Eubank Jr. fight. But... He vacated the fight, the the one sixty pound WBO championship because they didn't want to fight Janibek. Then he was going up to one sixty eight for a Zach Parker fight. Backed out of it once. Then they did it again. Now he's backed out of it again. I mean, uh, Boo Boo's kind of these are doo doo moves by Boo. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. So yeah, I don't know if that's the greatest guy to compare. Uh, uh, Eubank too, and the thing is with Boo Boo too is that I believe, and somebody can correct me on this. Despite the fact that he's got all these amateur accolades, was an uh, Aiba World Champion as an amateur, uh, 
should have really signed with a major, but decided to go with a, with a more minor level promoter. I believe he's only won vacant uh, or interim titles. Um, I don't believe he's actually ever fought a champion for the champion's title and taken it from him. So, I mean, that, that, that I believe that to be true. If, if it's wrong, you know, I'm, I'm fully willing to take that back and, and stand corrected. I just saw saw the big the big homie Nando has joined us. <laughs> Salute to you, Nando. So yeah, I, I don't know, Kenny, if if uh, Boo Boo should be the gold standard by which we compare Ubeck Junior's career to. I mean, one sixty is a mess across the board. Um, but I, I'm disappointed in his career. I, I I love the antics, but overall, I'm disappointed in his career, and it is what it is. Uh- I think uh, um, I think Dudu has made some terrible moves as well. Uh, like he's also he Dudu's ducked more dudes than Eubank. No, let's let's be serious. Dudu's ducked more dudes than Eubank. Dudu's stay acting like he's looking for the big money, not the big. Like he's looking for the big title fight when in fact, in all actuality, he's only looking for the easy big money fight. The guy only wants to make money and retire clean, no no war scars with his fake titles that he's conquered. Chris Eubank and him are very, very similar, actually. He fought nobody's accomplished nothing. Wasn't Chris Eubank a champ at some point or some whatever belt? WBA interim champ. Yeah, so you know, I, like well. Like Roly, Roly was a term <laughs> chat. Literally the same thing. Whoever compared them, whoever compared them, this great, great, great thought, great comparison. Because they both both two dudes that fought nobodies that have uh bigger names in the sport of boxing that could make big big money fights, you know what I'm saying? But I do think that Dudu is the better of the two. Dudu is way more skilled. Dudu has way better defense. Dudu has some funny-looking angles, which help him land his punches to his opponents. And apparently, Dudu hits harder. But one thing I do have to say, Chris Eubank did seem to get his jab a little better once he started working with Roy Jones. But it's too damn late. You took too many years off of the sport, bro. Go sit down. Have a seat next to your dad. Well, the next the next guy that we're being asked to compare Eubank Jr. to, um, because don't forget, we started this discussion. Kenny went there, and Kenny's a man that stands his ground. Kenny said that Eubank Jr. is a has-been slash never was who's about to take on the prospect. So, you know, we the argument's been put out there that Boo Boo, who I said has been making some doo-doo moves recently, uh, is is worse than Eubank in terms of his career accomplishments. And now we're being asked to, to compare him to Charlo. Hey, I, I, I think that Jermel Charlo is underrated. I think Jermel Charlo is great. I think Jermel Charlo has taken on all comers. And guess what? He's an undisputed 154-pound champion of the world. Jermel Charlo? That's a whole other story. Um, I mean, by the grace of God, he, he, he holds on to a WBC title belt that he's not really defending against top tier competition. But again, I mean, I guess it shows you how weak the middleweight division is at the moment. Um, when the guys that were being asked to compare him to and their champions, although 
uh, Boo Boo recently uh, vacated his title are not really that great in their own right. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to go all the way there and say that Eubank Jr.'s record is better than, than Charlo's, but I'm also going to say that it might be. I mean, I actually haven't undertaken that study just yet. I mean, it might be. It might be. Let me go for it. I'm going to actually bring it up. Go for it. Yeah. You just gave me heartburn without actually having heartburn. <laughs> nah, look, I Charlo isn't wasn't didn't Charlo actually become a, a real champ at some point? You know, the the bigger Charlo. He fought for the, the title at one sixty, the WBC title that Canelo vacated. And salute to my bro, uh, Cannabis Foreman. Salute, Bridget. Hope you're having a good Sunday. That one. Or salute, my fault. I messed up. I messed up your ding, ding, ding. Do do that one more time for him. One more time for the bro cannabis. All right, bet, bet, bet. So, ah oh man, see, at least, at least, Big Charlo, aka Jamal, at least he was a champ at one point, you know. And ever since he left that weight class, you could say he's been, you know, ducking, dodging, whatever, you know play timing saying he wants to fight everybody but making up excuses and not actually fighting anybody taking such a long layoff as after his last fight you know regardless of that i think that the bigger charlo has probably fought slightly better opposition than eubank and dudu and he was a champ it is what it is i mean dudu was a champ too but you know whatever <laughs> We're talking about Eubank here. You, you, Eubank is worse than both of them. Uh, a mute. So I thank you. We could look it up. I mean, his last fight was uh, Montiel. Better. Before that, Devrinchenko. Also better. A guy who I think beat Triple G. Dennis Hogan, a guy who I felt beat uh, Jaime Munguia. Also better. Brandon Adams, Matt Korobov. Actually, they both have a win over Korobov. Um, Hugo Centennial Jr. I mean, look, it's not a great record. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's, it's better, great, though, because it's not. It's, it's better, not. though. Trout is, is, is better than both. Uh, Austin Trout, there he's got Austin Trout. Yeah, look, yep. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it, I've seen it enough. I know he got he got some stick in the chat for beating Bundridge, who's over the age of 40 at the time. Um, Batman boxing to say Montel was KO'd by Mungian too. Yeah, he was. It's close. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a one-sided uh win either way when we go record or record with those two. But it's it still it still doesn't necessarily detract from Kenny's point that well, my point is that it's a prospect against the prospect. Kenny's going a little harsher. He's saying. Okay, Chris Eubank Jr. is a prospect, but Connor Ben, I mean, sorry, Connor Ben is a prospect, but Chris Eubank Jr., I think you called him a has been slash never was. Yes, sir. I mean, he, he, let, let, never was is accurate. He's never been a world champ. Has been? We're going to see that on Saturday night. We're going to see yeah. that on Saturday night. Will we? Will we? Because because how much does this fight actually mean for Chris Eubank? You know what I'm saying? He's fighting the smaller guy. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, Ben versus Eubank. Bring back the historical fight, you know, 
father versus father, now son versus son. Oh, create the hype. Yeah. You know, whatever. It's like, cool. It's a fight versus the, the sons of their fathers, and this has a lot of hype with it. But like we said before, it's a meaningless fight in the sport of boxing. So the, if, if you bank, the much bigger guy was to be Ben, the much smaller guy. To me, it doesn't prove a damn thing for Chris Eubank. He still never was slash has been. You know, that's that's not changing by beating Ben. But for Ben, if Ben was to come in there, little pit bull Ben, and knock out Eubank or do some wild stuff, bro, Ben is getting Ben is upgrading his 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 status, his career, his popularity, upgrading everything. Ben has nothing to lose in this fight. The only person that got stuff to lose in this fight is Chris Eubank. And that's exactly what Eubank's dad was thinking when he was trying to back him out of the fight. And if I was his dad, I'd be like, oh, I'm not trying to back you out of the fight. Your stupid ass ain't fighting. Cool, you're great. You're entertaining with the mic on the, uh, 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 with the trash talk on the mic. Bro, you're fighting an actual talented fighter that's been consistently fighting, that's been training, that's good. I'd tell him straight to his face, you're doo-doo, bro. You're doo-doo. Like, you're not good. You're not a good boxer, son. I'm not going to let you go in the ring and ruin my reputation. (laughs) I I think that, look, at this point in his career, unless, let's say, he he beats Ben and then, like, beats Triple G and Charlo – and then you'd have to throw in a few more names. I mean, he's not going to catch his dad in terms of living up to his dad's legacy. Like, he's got a lot of work to do. And by the way, by this age, his dad had already retired. His dad retired at 32. Chris Eubank Jr. is 33. So he's got a lot of catching up to do. Um, but, yeah, I think he will be a has-been if he loses to, to Ben, 100%. That's what I meant when I said we'll see on Saturday night. London Runs Boxing. By the way, check out my brother, London Runs Boxing. All right, you can find him on, on Twitter and on, on Instagram. Um, he says a win for Eubank makes him a star and a pay-per-view fighter. Well, first thing I got to say... What? To, first thing I got to say to that is hell to the... No. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> in the United States. Maybe, maybe in England... Thank God, by the way, that this fight ain't taking place on the zone pay-per-view. Thank God. Um, but you know what? Maybe maybe you're right. I mean, he probably will be a pay-per-view fighter in England. You know why? Because they'll probably run this fight back two more times, or at least one more time, and put that on pay-per-view, just like they did with the fathers, where they had their 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 two fights. So those are two pay-per-view fights. Uh, like if he fights a Golovkin in the UK, that would be a pay per view fight. Is it uh, a pay per view fight in England or UK? Yeah. Like like fifteen dollars? This is a pay per view. This is a pay per view fight in in England this weekend. No, no, yeah, yeah, no. What I'm saying is, isn't it like fifteen dollars? What good does that make? He's not going to become a pay per view star in the US, where it's where he's really going to make his pay per view money. He, he never. No one in the US cares about Eubank Junior. Yeah, I would say very few people in the U.S. that are, like, boxing fans are, like, that gassed for this fight. I think a couple factors are going to aid it, if at all. I think, one, like, we started the show talking. 
there hasn't been any major fights this past weekend. So this is going to satiate the fix, you know? I mean, right now we're walking around like junkies waiting for the next fix. And, you know, we're, we got a little while before the Wilder fight, and this is going to give us that quick hit Saturday, this next Saturday night, right? Um, so there's that. But I'm, I'm just happy it's not on pay-per-view. Because I was worried they were going to put it on the zone pay-per-view because they put that KSI bullshit on pay-per-view. Yo, but, but believe it or not, though, those YouTube dudes, they have a huge following. Bro, I, I, I put my life. I put my life on it that that KSI fight is, is, is going to sell more than that you back Ben fight. Wow. Do you, US, do, US dudes are not going to buy that fight. Wow. Only, only the crazy ones like you and I are going to watch the fight. US yeah. dudes do not care about Ben versus you uh, uh, bank Jr. No, for the most part, I mean, like I said, this fight ain't really getting that much play here. Even on YouTube, like you look at the U.S. YouTubers that talk boxing. I mean, the, their focus is even more on Fury and Joshua, and obviously on Terence Crawford and um, Errol Spence Jr. than it is on this fight. So, th- no disagreement there. Having said all of this, Kenny, how, how did, like you want to give a little prediction? You, you, we getting or we getting back to a no cap maybe this week where you're gonna drop a prediction there. Maybe a quick 20-minute no cap. I may still go on and drop that prediction, but um, uh, pardon. I'll still give some thoughts on that. Um, I won't give the thoughts on what I think the outcome is going to be. I'll give the thoughts on a couple potential outcomes. Go and those couple, those couple potential outcomes being uh, Chris Eubank being too big and, and hurting Connor Ben. That's a very, very big possibility. Connor Ben's been knocked down before, and he's been beat up pretty badly before. Both his eyes was almost closed. He is fighting the much bigger. Yes, he was much less experienced at the point, but he is fighting the much bigger dude now. Being that he's fighting the much bigger dude with longer reach, with more power than the people he's faced before, it increases the chances and the possibility that a big punch lands that wobbles him up or knocks him down or you know gets him in a situation where he's wobbly and not really there and uh the only thing that we know chris eubank can actually do is throw a lot of punches in sequence so if he gets him hurt that is a possibility that ben gets knocked out but it's also a very big possibility that uh connor ben knocks him out the big the the most likely outcome that i think for this fight is probably a 12 round decision for connor ben Really? Yeah, because because uh, they both have good chins, I and mean, the, and the size difference is so drastic. It's such a they both have they do have good chins, but it's such a drastic size difference that I think is going to play a big role in kind of Ben trying to get inside to land his punches, uh, uh, trying to get to land like his power punches in sequence. I think that's going to play a big role, and and I think that. Uh, Eubank Jr., if you saw his last fight versus Smith, I think Eubank Jr. is going to be doing a hell of a lot of running around the ring and not letting himself get hit most of the fight. You know, I, I kind of envisioned that as well because they were... When when he realized that he couldn't get Liam Smith out... Of, not Liam Smith. Uh, damn, I can't remember 
this this dude's name, the 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 last dude he fought, uh shoot, the, the Welshman. Liam Williams, Liam Williams. Liam Williams. Yeah, um, my fault. I messed that up, messed that up name last up last time too. Liam Beefy Smith, 154 pounder. Liam Williams, the same guy That's that who will beat. When it when it became apparent that even after all of those knockdowns that he wasn't gonna be able to knock him out. Uh, he did kind of like box on his toes a little bit and like move around the ring a lot. Um, so I can kind of see that scenario as well. I'm on the same page with you there. I don't see Conor Ben knocking out Chris Eubank Jr. though. Chris Eubank Jr. has a tremendous chin. Um, now, that's a chin when he doesn't have to boil down and make 157 pounds and where the hydration isn't restricted after the weigh-in. That's a big factor. Like we've never actually never seen Chris Eubank Jr. box under those conditions. And I think to your point earlier, Kenny, about the father not really being all that keen for this fight to go through, that could have probably been the major reason why. I mean, he's never fought below 160 pounds. And then on top of that, he's also got a, a rehydration clause, which I believe doesn't allow him to weigh much higher if higher at all above 165 pounds following the weigh-in i mean that that's that's tough could that weaken him could that affect his granite chin possibly you know possibly but overall two questions for you one is eubank jr underestimating connor ben and two are u.s fight fans underestimating this fight I don't actually think that Eubank Jr. is really underestimating him. I think it's all just good trash talk, entertaining trash talk for the fans. And it's the the, the entertaining trash talk is 100%, 100% working and getting kind of been heated and mad. Every time that, that Chris Eubank says something funny like, oh, I'm, I'm only going to come in at 60%. That's all I need for you. All I need in order to beat you is 60%. You see Conor Ben get so heated and start, you know, responding aggressively and stuff. So it's definitely working and get into Conor Ben's head, the trash talk. But I do think he's actually taking training seriously. He'd be a fool not to take training seriously. You don't, bro, you're a professional. When you're a professional at something, Bro, you're you're way beyond the amateur levels already. Like, stop it. There's no excuse for not training. There's no excuse for coming in overweight. There's no excuse for not having a great tank, gas tank. There's no excuse for anything. You're getting paid so much money to go in this ring. So if he comes in out of shape, it's going to just add more to the, like, not hate, but the dislike and and that I have for him and the respect that I feel that he does not have the disrespect that I feel he has for the sport of boxing is just going to increase my dislike for that, you know, but, and then the, 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 the second question is should uh, the U S give more respect and more acknowledgement to this fight. Is the U S underestimating this fight? Gotcha. All coming from the U from the UK. Let's be real. Um, no, I don't think that the U.S. is underestimating this fight. There may be some fireworks. There may be. There may be some fireworks. But honestly, I really do think that Eubank is probably going to go in there and do a stinker and that Conor Ben is probably going to win by 12-round decision. And, if uh, like, there's no reason why anyone from the U.S. that is not invested in Ben 
nor you, Bang Jr., because let's face it, Ben is still an up-and-coming star. People in the U.S. are now starting to recognize Ben and know who he is. You, Bang Jr., nobody knows who he is at all. I mean, which is funny because he actually came out here and fought under the PBC, but like it was on undercards. It was so many years ago. It wasn't and even when he was a main event. It wasn't being like pushed like that. Look, Kenny, you know me. Uh, it's very difficult for me to favor the bigger guy against the smaller guy. And 99 times out of 100, I'm usually right about that. So I, I'm actually favoring Eubank in this fight. I mean, my my thing is all about this weight cut and about the rehydration. Um, somebody said it earlier, and it's exactly what I think. Oh, it was Cannabai. Cannabai said, how do you see Ben getting past the Hayden Reese disadvantage? I don't. I don't. Now, Kenny would probably say Eubank doesn't use his height and reach very effectively, um, which is probably why you think he'll be able to get past it, right, Kenny? But I, I, he's a bigger guy, and he's a, he's a durable guy. Regardless of what you think about him, he fought Groves. He fought uh, 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 Billy Joe Saunders in those losses. He stopped Yabney Yildrum. Uh, he's faced big punchers. Um, and my understanding is that he's never been dropped amateur or pro uh in any environment whether it's a pro fight or in sparring so that his chin is definitely not up, up for question but that that's my take on it yeah i mean look i i i agree with you that eubank jr definitely has the advantages going into this fight uh the physical advantages that is but i also think that at this point Conor ben is probably the much better uh, more seasoned, more experienced fighter that has fought better opposition. And with the weight cut and all that, I do think that Conor Ben is going to be able to come out winning. I think he's going to be able to pull out a decision win. I think he is going to be able to get inside the reach of Eubank Jr. And, uh, and Eubank Jr. in his last fight, if you remember, he really didn't throw that many punches. So if he doesn't throw that many punches, he's going to lose because what's going to happen is Conor Ben is going to throw a, a couple punches to get on the inside. He's probably going to land one, two, or three on the inside because Conor Ben does throw punches in bunches. He doesn't throw ones and twos. He, at times he does, but he does throw combinations of more like three, four, five punches. And that's what it's going to take to get inside Eubank Jr. and to land those punches and to beat him by decision because let's not remember, let's not forget when in his last fight, every single time when he was doing his little fake Roy Jones impression and running around doing his stupid looking jab, every time that Williams came in, it was a grab in the hole. And I think that that's exactly what's going to happen versus uh, Ben. I think Ben is going to come in, throw punches in bunches, land one of the, the, the first two or so punches are going to miss because the reach, then the second three, four or five punches going to land. Uh, and I think that that's going to be the way that Conor Ben pulls out this decision because, as we know, Eubank Jr. doesn't throw enough punches, and the reason he won last fight was because of knockdowns, not because he brutally defeated the guy on points. There you go. And look, my, my opinion of this fight has is, is, is been clear from the beginning for people that are just joining us a little late. Usyk Joshua 2 was Michelin five-star dining. This is Taco Bell. Uh, but guess what? I like Taco Bell, so I'm actually going to watch this fight. Like, I, I eat my black bean chalupa, and I eat my uh, uh, veggie fiesta burrito. 
You know, I love those. I love the find me on the cravings menu two, three times a week, right at River River Avenue and 161st Street in the Bronx. That that that's my local, that's my local Taco Bell. Okay, so this is a Taco Bell fight. But Kenny, I want you to read I am Dwayne this time's comment because I mean read the whole thing, please, because I think you're right on the same page with him. Go for it. US, U.S. boxing fans are not underestimating this fight. We don't give a shit. Neither of them have accomplished much in their own division for them to focus on each other. That's a fact. That's a fact. Uh, if anything, uh, this Eubank Jr. fight is just taking Conor Ben away from his uh, path of success and greatness. Because let's, let's, so let's all face it. Ben's management team has been doing a phenomenal job in the way they've been bringing him forward. Uh, and I feel like this is not really helping that. I mean, it's helping his popularity. There you go. And then uh, Kenna by Foreman, who's usually on point, says no real consequence, no stakes. Ben loses. He goes back to 147 and resumes his climb. Eubank Jr. is on the same home stretch of his career. He gets three to four more fights, then retires. Yeah, I mean, but he's but yeah. If he wins, he does. If he if he loses, I don't think he's a marketable guy anymore in a meaningful fight. So last thing I want to do, Kenny, uh, because what I think this says too about this fight is kind of it, it, it's emblematic of the sad state of affairs in the middleweight division, as I see it. Um, sad state of affairs. I say that because look. Uh, we're not really seeing these top guys fighting each other. I'm going to go to it real here as a graphic, and then I want you to talk about somebody afterwards who's in this division. But, um, oops, that's the wrong one. Hold on for a second. I got to share this properly. When you look at the middleweight division and the rankings, uh, you've got Jamel Charlo, You've got Gennady Golovkin, you've got Gennady Golovkin, and you've got Janibek. All right, so Janibek has the title because Boo Boo decided to vacate and move up. I was just about to ask that question. Thank you for answering. Yeah, that, that's, how we, that's how he got the title. Uh, Charlo, remember, they couldn't make a fight between him and Jaime Munguia. Golovkin's last fight wasn't even at 160. He moved up to 168. And then you've got Erislandi Lara there as the secondary title holder with the WBA, the regular holder. Who's actually looking good at 160. Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts when you look at the landscape? Are, are there fights that can be made here? Like, And before, before I actually ask you to answer that question, I mean... I got. I gotta give give a little music here. Toma. Background here because Alza tu copa. Llévala a mi boca y brindemos por el avión. A little classic merengue there, but I mean, what's going on with your boy, bro? And what's going on with this division? I'm asking you specifically about Carlos uh, Adamas at 160. Man, it's it sucks because the 160 division looks like a division that's ready to be set on fire. But it looks like everybody's afraid to light that match. 
Everybody's afraid to light that match. Nobody wants to face each other except the underdog guys want to face like the, the, the guys at the top, but the guys at the top don't want to face the contenders and the underdogs. It doesn't really make sense. You know, you got you got Charlo who hasn't fought in so long. Erislandi Lara, who came to the division trying to light light it on fire. And he's been he's he came in, he's he's looking much better than he was at 154 pounds which is kind of crazy to me. He's looking so much more aggressive, throwing more punches and actually able to defend a lot of punches and eat the power. I didn't think that was going to be possible. But Carlos Adamas, the guy is so good with both hands. His footwork is so good. His defense is so good. The guy has power. His gas tank is a little questionable towards the later rounds. Carlos Adamas is a guy who could set this division on fire. And you got Munguia. It, uh, we don't care about Chris Eubank Jr., you know, and their Vanchenko is still a name, you know what I'm saying? We, we, we have a good six or so names in this division that I think could set this division on fire if they just started facing each other. Wasn't Dudu just in this division, but Dudu just went up. And I think Dudu should go back down and fight some of these names too. I think it just makes sense. I would have loved it if Dudu fought Janibek. And you know what? Triple G is still here, and Triple G is not retiring. I think Triple G will be a great fight for any one of these guys because I think Triple G is at that uh, uh, what you pass the torch stage of his career. If he even does lose at this point in his career, because we we know we know how boxing judges can be sometimes. But I do think that this division, along, I think Carlos Diamond is ready for his title shot. I think Jamal Charlo is ready to get his names off of this list and, and retire from boxing. Is he? It's either you're going to box or you're going to retire. Like, nobody cares about these fake hype names that are trying to stay in the limelight. You know, like, either box or retire, my guy. So, it just looks like a division that's ready, like really, really, really ready to go. And I also think that I think that Jermel is going to move up to 160. Because uh, 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 I do think, I don't think Jermel, Charlo, although he is my guy and I love the animal, the lion, the fire in him. I don't think, I don't think he wants any, any, any part of, of Bud Crawford. The way he's been talking on social media, like... What has this guy done? He hasn't done anything. Who has he knocked out? Who has he fought? Bro, you sound like you're making a lot of excuses for a hell of a fighter that would be would join you in a hell of a match. If he if, if he hasn't done nothing and he's a smaller fighter, entertain the fight and beat him up as the bigger, better fighter that you are, right? Bro, I, I mean, to me, I'm I agree with you. It's like if you can't make the Errol Spence Jr. fight happen. Fight Charlo at 154 and still demand the fight at 147 with Errol Spence Jr. I want to get into that fight later before we finish the show. But look, the 160-pound division is an original division. It's a historic division. It's a glamour division. But right now, it's like shit's just stalled and not moving. I mean, I want to see these top guys fighting each other. Boo Boo against Yanebek would have been a great fight. It should have happened. It didn't. Yes. Boo Boo dropped the title and moved up, right? Twice. Golovkin Charlo, give me that fight. Uh, Charlo Munguia, give me that fight. Uh, Janibek Charlo, give me that fight. Janibek Munguia, give me that fight. It interchange any of those names with each other, and I want to see those fights. 100%. And, I mean, I remember when 
you know, it was Keith Holmes and it was uh, Tito Trinidad and it was William Joppy and uh, Bernard the Executioner Hopkins. And they had that like tournament at, you know, Madison Square Garden leading to Tito, Tito against B-Hop. That, that's the last time the middleweight division has like truly been on fire to me. With all due respect to Triple G versus Canelo. That fight, that whole, you know, genesis of how Hopkins became undisputed. I mean, those fights were exciting, man. Keith Holmes against Hopkins on one side, Joppy against uh, Trinidad on the other side. Trinidad putting hands on Joppy, knocking him down multiple times, and then knocking him out in his middleweight debut and then taking on uh, B-Hop afterward. That was the last time to me the middleweight division has been like truly, truly great because it led into the Pavlik and the Jermaine Taylor era, which I include in all of that as well. We need to get back to that. We need the top middleweights to fight each other. I'm just going to get to the super chat, Kenny, and then I'm going to go right back to you. <laughs> Got to get to the super chat because the OG, the day one, El Señor, not, no, fuck the Señor, Don not, Nando Yamas. Don Nando Yamas. We got to call him the Don. All right. Canelo doesn't have a secret formula to success. It's activity and legit competition. Pacquiao created a massive fan base with no inherent advantages. Yeah, I mean, we need these people to fight more often and to take on the best available challenges. And to your point, Kenny, Adamus is one of those guys, like, if you're not going to fight each other, give the number one guy his shot, Kenny. Give the number one guy his shot or let the sanctioning bodies do what they're supposed to do that they don't do and remove the guy who's not fighting anybody. Simple. Stop caring only about your sanctioning fees and do your job. It's simple. And I just want to clear up one thing. You said no disrespect to to Canelo Triple G, the first one that happened at 160, but you aren't disrespecting that fight. That was only one fight. You're talking about a whole era of great fights versus one fight. You know what I'm saying? You're not disrespecting Canelo. You're chilling. Don't worry about it. 100%. And back to Canabai, because you got another good comment. He says, Jamal won't fight Janibek. It's I, I kind of agree with that based on recent past history. Lara Triple G is likely if ordered by WBA. Sign me up for that. I'd love to see Lara versus Triple G. Yeah. I'd love to see Lara versus Triple G. I think Lara wins. Lara is one tough mofo, yo. Like He's Lara, amazing. Lara has been showed that he can go into the trenches and take punishment if need be. Like he, 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 he didn't impress me at 154. He's impressed me now that he's going up to 160. I'm like, wow, this guy. He's putting it together. And I interviewed him outside the Barclays when he was there for the Benavides uh, fight against um, uh, um, Garcia, and Danny Garcia. And he told me straight up, yeah, he want to fight all the top dudes at 160. So I love it. But back to his comment, PBC may be able to force Charlo Adames or Lada Adames if Charlo sits it out. So uh, sign me up for those fights. Why, why, why would they put Lara versus Adamas? It doesn't even make sense. Lara's already in a position where he should be getting a title shot. Adamas is number one in the rankings. He's also in a position where he should get a title shot, but they're they're high and ranked in different divisions. 
I don't think that two guys who are top contenders in this division should fight each other at this point. Make the champs fight. Stop Stop with the, uh, like, it's like they got a stopper. Stop it. Remove the stopper. Let the water go down the drain, bro. <laughs> yeah. That, shit, that water's backed up right now. We might need to pull out the plunger, go old school, and, and clear out clear out the, the clog right now because the mid, middleweight division is clogged up. It is. And I want I want to see some fights. I really do. So, Kenny, uh, moving on. Last week I asked you what's more likely, Fury versus Joshua or Bud Crawford versus Errol Spence Jr. Last week you said Bud Crawford versus Errol Spence Jr., but you know what? Maybe you're not wrong because it doesn't look like Fury Joshua is going to take place either. Like, it's been a week. You've been seeing the comments, the back and forth on social media. You've been seeing the YouTube people making their videos about these things. What what, what are your thoughts? Uh, start with the Bud Crawford, Errol Spence Jr., and, and then give me your thoughts on Fury and Joshua, please. I'm honestly just uh, a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed with uh, both sides, you know? I'm a little disappointed with Bud Crawford. I'm a little disappointed with Errol Spence. I get it, you know, get your money's worth. You that 100 percent uh um Errol Spence deserves the the bigger cut of the money. He got the more belts. It just makes sense. And I think uh, I'm a little disappointed in Crawford because you know the whole money talk is the the whole money talk has been stopping this fight for how long now? I get it. You want your share of the pie, bro. Put I put your ego aside. Yes, your ego is a lot of the times what carries you through your fights in the ring and all that. Put your ego aside when talking about contract negotiations and trying to handle business. Stop it, buddy. You're going to kill potentially the biggest fight of your career. This fight could put you and Errol Spence on a whole nother pedestal. Right now, there's only one great in boxing, and that is Canelo. That is the the one, like, big pay-per-view star in boxing. Oh, Javante Davis. Cool. Pay-per-view star. We're talking about money. I don't know about star on that one, Kenny. Well, the Where big they- money, big, big money names, still big money fights that are always on pay per view. But my thought is more so. Arrow Arrow Spence is already a big pay per view dude, but think about if Arrow Spence was to beat Terence Crawford, or if Terence Crawford was to beat Arrow Spence. Terence Crawford will now become a, a fairly huge pay-per-view star. And Errol Spence will become even a larger pay-per-view star than he already was, than he already is if they beat each other or fight each other. But it seems like they're not willing to take the fight. Like, yo, look, if you think you could beat the guy, take the lesser cut of the money, beat the guy, and then in the following fight, take the bigger cut of the money and beat the guy again. It is what it is. Do it. Do it. Do it. You know? So I'm very disappointed in both of them if this fight doesn't happen. I called it a, years ago. I said this fight is not going to happen anymore. I give up on it. I'm going to stop investing my time and my energy and my mind and hoping that this fight happened because I was so damn frustrated. Now I'm starting to feel that way again. I had gotten hope for it again, but I'm starting to feel like I don't even want to read news about this nonsense anymore. Regarding uh, AJ and Fury, I never thought that fight was going to happen. I never, not, not right now. It would be so stupid for, it would be courageous but it would also be so stupid for Anthony Joshua to entertain the fight against Tyson Fury uh, at right at this point. I think that Anthony Joshua needs to 
try to get himself on the winning ways again. And I think he needs a very hard tune-up fight, not a cherry pick, a very difficult tune-up fight. Uh, I think that that's what AJ needs right now. I don't think he needs to go right back into the fire. And him going right back into the fire against the Tyson Fury doesn't really prove anything for any of them. I don't think Tyson Fury has anything to gain from beating a defeated Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua has to gain if he was to beat Tyson Fury, but I don't think that the current Anthony Joshua, without going through some massive training and changes and developments in your career, I don't think that this current Anthony Joshua can beat Tyson Fury. So I just don't think the fight makes sense right now. I think that both Eddie Hearn and Anthony Joshua talked it over. I was like, you know what? Can I afford another loss right now? No, 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 Joshua. You cannot afford another loss right now. All right, you know what? Let's not make this fight happen then. Is it Eddie? Eddie? Back me up out of this, Eddie. You do whatever talking you need to do. I'm not even going to come on camera. Get me out of this fight, Eddie. Get me out. <laughs> Take me out, me out now. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, <clears throat> maybe Anthony Joshua is like the brother in, in the Get Out movie, right? He's trying to get out, right? Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't think Anthony Joshua necessarily wants out. But I'll tell you what, 258 management, they definitely want out. Matchroom Boxing, Eddie Hearn, they definitely want out. And I agree with uh, what I was hearing from Simon Jordan on, on uh, Talk Sport. I watch Talk Sport every day. Um, the UK outlet. I, I love I love their show. It's very entertaining. If, for those of you in the US that aren't familiar with it, just look up Talk Sport boxing on youtube it's essentially it's essentially a uh radio call-in show uh it's a radio show but they they simulcast on youtube and what simon was saying is that eddie hearn don't want this fight and simon by the way used to be the owner or part owner of a premiership football club in england uh crystal palace and he actually agreed with what Frank Warren had to say about this. Basically, it's it, it's like a trade deadline in the U.S., Kenny. Like when there are trade deadlines for the NBA or for baseball, right? Um, they have a transfer deadline in, in, in uh, European football where you literally have days and at certain points only hours to sign contracts to make multi-million dollar transfer moves. And you know what they do in those cases? They put teams of lawyers together and they get contracts signed away in hours. Or in worst cases, days. Uh, now they say, oh, well, you know, Anthony Joshua's got all these business commitments and ties to all of these global corporations and he can't just sign contracts without their permission and doing all of these other things. Bro, I'm sorry. At the end of the day, business contracts do not take two weeks to get signed when multi-million dollar corporations that can afford literally dozens of corporate attorneys to iron out these things in a matter of days, if not hours. I actually agree with that sentiment expressed both by Frank Warren and by Simon Jordan. I see James Hunt saying, no, 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 no. So Simon is just a Hearn hater. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, it is what it is. I, I, 
if they wanted to fight, it would be signed. They would have worked it out. And it's ain't on AJ in my in my opinion. This is this is one hundred percent on Team Joshua, uh, his management, his promotional team. Unfortunately, we're not going to get this fight. Now, if you're to believe Errol Spence Jr. when it comes to the breakdown and negotiations for this stuff, with Errol Spence Jr. and Bed, Bud Crawford. He's saying Bud Crawford's not answering the phone. Bud Crawford don't even want really to negotiate in good faith. Um, and like I said, I've spoken to people in the business that know more about negotiations and, and the kind of behind the scenes stuff than I do or ever will. And they say that Terrence Crawford has been sticking to the argument, Kenny, that he's entitled to 50% of the revenue of this fight. And... If that's the case, then that's just upsetting. Uh, Canada by Foreman said super disappointed uh, about it. I am as well. That fight should be happening. You know, um, if you believe in yourself, you know, hopefully you could work a scenario out where you get paid what you want in the rematch, right? But as much as I like Terrence Crawford, Kenny, we've both met him. Uh, you're a huge fan of his. I mean, even when he was fighting the Dominican, right? I mean, um, Felix Diaz. I mean, you were kind of torn. Like, you were a big Bud Crawford fan. Um, but this ain't a 50-50 fight financially. It just isn't. Nope. And, I mean, if I'm Errol Spence Jr., like, you could literally make an argument that this is a 70-30 fight financially. So going 60-40, to me, seems very fair, personally. And as a boxing fan, if you're insisting on 50-50, and that's what's not moving this, and you're not talking about negotiating anymore because they haven't accepted 50-50, and that's your hard line, I, I... I think you're letting the fans down at that point. I'm sorry. That's, that's how I feel. Kenny? I, I agree with you. I was actually thinking about it yesterday because I, I kept on watching YouTuber after YouTuber after YouTuber after YouTuber go on live stream talking about, we can now officially say that Arrow Spence is docking Terrence Bud Crawford. No, I completely disagree with that. Errol Spence is not the dude demanding 50%. And Errol Spence is the dude that deserves the lion's share of the cut. He got most of the belts. It just makes sense. I need someone. I need someone on Terrence Crawford's team. Bomek, if you hear me, please advise Terrence Bud Crawford to take the lower cut of this fight. He's not going to get 50%. It just does not make sense. And if you're anybody who's ever handled business before and done business deals before, if the business deal does not make sense, you do not sign on the dotted line. Yeah. Um, and to Nando's point, Bud doesn't really have any leverage right now. I mean, what exactly are his other options? Who else is he going to fight? He's no longer signed the top rank. Eddie Hearn, head of Matchroom, is already on record saying that they don't have any fights for him. His yeah. future, whether it's at 147 or at 154, is through the PBC. They got those divisions on lock. 
Charlo's undisputed at 154, right? And they also have Fundora. They also have Tim Zhu, who are the number one guys ranked just below the champions in their in their division. At one Fundora's insane. At 147, they've got all three of the other title belts. Eddie Hearn can't help you. Bob Arum can't help you. Sauerland with uh, Wasserman Boxing, they can't help you. Uh, Schaefer with, with his outfit, Probellum can't help you. The PBC controls all of the title belts at 147 and at 154. This is the only play to make. There's no other play. There isn't. So, I mean, they got to make this fight happen. Like Cannabis is saying the PBC says, said, or Max Kellerman said the PBC is ducking. I got to watch that show after this show. I haven't seen the latest edition of Max on boxing. Usually on Fridays, I listen to the uh, podcast by uh, my guy, um, Chris Mannix. He's got a good one. And then I watch the Max on boxing. It's a quick show. It's only 30 minutes. Plus, I DVR it so I could fast forward the commercials. No big deal. Um, so I'll check that out. I, I find that very interesting, honestly. I am Dwayne says, Bud left top rank. He has a belt at 147. I just don't see no excuse for PBC to make the fight. But Errol Spence Jr. wants to fight. I believe that Errol Spence Jr. wants to fight. I do. Errol Spence Jr. has proven, A, to me, first of all, I never question the cojones of professional fighters. They step in through those ropes. But for anyone who's questioning the cojones of, pro- of professional fighters, okay, if it's not enough that you step through those ropes, this dude fought Danny Garcia coming off of a car crash. His cojones cannot be questioned. He's, He's always fought top opposition. He said he wants this fight. I believe he wants this fight. I do. And by the way, yeah, absolutely, Kenny. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Do hit the like button. All right? It is a slow week this week, but every like helps. So uh, hit that like button, please. Hit that uh, subscribe button. Share uh, the vid if you can, the stream if you can, and um, let people know you're here with Maestro and Kenny, man. All right, we do it here every Sunday, man. We got to let get the word out. It's Sundays now at noon, 12 p.m. Eastern, high noon. We're here for mano a mano. A matter of fact, let me give it a little audio. Yeah. High audio right there, high noon, mano a mano live with Kenny T. Go for it, Kenny. You wanted to say something? Yes, sir. Um, I wanted to say that... <sighs> If I'm not behind the contract negotiations, but I am a businessman, I do a hell of a lot of business. That's how I make a living right now. Um, I don't work for anybody. I am self-employed. I manage businesses. That's literally how I make a living right now. And there has to be some type of contract negotiations, some type of change in the contract that Terrence Crawford's team can make in order for him to feel complete or like he's getting 50%. Like, I, I, it it literally just came to mind. I've seen uh, other uh, negotiations that state something along the lines of <clears throat> like, okay, the split will be 60-40 if Arrow Spence wins. 
and it'll still be 60 40 if bud crawford wins the difference is that bud crawford's uh, the remaining money on Bud Crawford's uh, purse will get paid off of the high end of the pay-per-view sa- sales if he wins. I think that they should negotiate something along those lines because the problem with this fight currently is that they that Terrence Bud Crawford is not content with the finances. And if that's the case, you can easily alleviate that with a little bit of intelligence, a little bit of uh, uh, a little bit of some wisdom some common sense and and you know throwing some curveballs in the mix like it's it's you know there has to be some type of negotiation that gets terrence bud crawford happy and to sign on that dotted line like it, it can't be that egotistical that it's like no i need this to be a 50 50. if it's about the money cool get the man the money on the back end for the pay-per-view sales don't offer it as a guarantee offer it as a if you win because guess what? We all know Terrence Crawford believes he can win. But he also does not want to be the man taking the lesser financial contract, which doesn't really make sense because he got the lesser belts. Like you just the, the math is not mathing, you know? But no, yeah, that, that's it. I just feel I feel this fight needs to happen and somebody needs to take the financial hit. It, some other boxing promoter, somebody needs to get involved and take the financial hit on this one. Like, look, I'll pay the remaining money. I just got to be adding some of the contract negotiations to make this whatever percentage out of the next couple fights. If I'm going to some, some, something, there has to be some type of way that somebody can go join these negotiations to make this fight happen. Like this, these are these are the type of things that push people away from boxing aside from the, uh, previous bribes, the previous gray areas that boxing has had in the past. These are the things that push people away from boxing and push people towards MMA. And MMA, uh, like uh, those fighters, don't give a damn about losing. It's, and it's, neither and neither does the UFC. It's fight, best fight the best. Who cares if they lost forty five times? We want to see this fight. Well, I was just about to say that it's this is f- fuel for the low IQ MMA fans that like the UFC. Uh. Because they're like, oh, yeah, and UFC, Dana White, he's great. Dana White makes sure that all the big fights take place, maestro. Uh, well, actually, the reality is that Dana White doesn't allow UFC guys to take on Bellator guys or to take on one uh, FC guys. So that's not entirely true. It's a closed promotional outfit. But at the same time, boxing does need to do a better job of ensuring that the best fight the best. We already talked about the calamity of the middleweight division where the best are not fighting the best. Now you got a situation where you got two guys that hold all of the belts at 147 and they're not fighting each other. It's 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 true. I mean, they're not fighting each other. I said it before, Kenny could co-sign this. I said this years ago. Bud Crawford should have signed with the PBC when the first top bank deal ended. But he didn't. He re-upped with Bob. Bob made some promises to him, right? And apparently those promises weren't honored, which is why Terrence is suing those guys right now uh, because they didn't make the Spence fight happen. But realistically, if you wanted the Spence fight to happen, you probably shouldn't have re-signed with top rank. You probably should have actually fought for the PBC or under the PBC 
But it was a great financial decision to stick with Top Rank because you got the fight, the Amir Khans, the Mean Machines, right? The Kell Brooks, right? And the Sean Porters for guaranteed minimums that are astronomical. But unfortunately, you're going to have to make some concessions if you want to become undisputed at 147. You're not fighting Ndongo. You're not fighting Ndongo. Errol Spence Jr. is not Ndongo. You're not getting that level of treatment right now. You bring in one belt, and you're fighting an A-list guy in the sport of boxing who, by the way, puts over 40,000 fans into the arena at the Dallas Cowboys Stadium, who, by the way, sells more on pay-per-view. This is a financial fact. These, these, are, these are numbers, right? And if you're Errol Spence Jr., 60-40 seems fair to me, I, I just think. And Nando, you're absolutely right. Fedor Emelianenko was never allowed to fight in the UFC or vice versa, 100%. Back when it was pride fighting, UFC guys didn't get to, to fight uh, against pride guys. They did it once, and Chuck Liddell got his ass whooped by Quentin uh, J- Rampage Jackson, and Dana White was like, uh, uh, never again. But the low IQ MMA fans, they never want to bring that up. They never want to bring that up. They, they just want to bring up the fact that you know, Dana White is great and the best fight the best, ignoring the fact that there's an entire world of MMA that exists outside of the UFC. It is what it is. It is what it is. Um, so, you know, it, we need these fights to happen. Um, unfortunately, they're not happening. And I'll tell you another one that's likely not going to happen. A lot of people aren't talking about the Stephen Fulton Jr., uh, Akmagdalia fight. MJ getting is not going to be fighting Stephen Fulton Jr. Right? It's not going to happen. It's terrible. So I'm still holding out hope that Matchroom and 258 management allow for a fight between Fury and AJ. Because I actually want to see that fight. But I did see an alternative in the chat that I felt very interesting, and I'll tell you why. If AJ doesn't step up to the plate, I'm not interested in seeing Manuel Char, but I would be interested in seeing Andy Ruiz Jr. I like that fight. Andy Ruiz against Tyson Fury. And you know why I also like it? Because at that point, it removes a potential opponent that I honestly didn't really want to see. I wasn't that keen on seeing Wilder against Andy Ruiz, but you know what I am interested in seeing, Kenny? Wilder against the juggernaut. That's Wilder versus juggernaut is is a great fight. Matter of fact, I'm gonna say I uh, the the best fight that I'd see right now it wouldn't even be Wilder versus Juggernaut. It'd be Juggernaut versus Ruiz. You know, specific Juggernaut versus Ruiz over yeah, what? yeah, yeah. Over I, bro, Juggernaut. you got to explain that. Yeah, I will. Yeah, for sure. Look, Joe Joyce is a great boxer with a great chin. It's like it's like a slow moving steamroller. You can shoot it with rockets. 
You could empty out six clips of AK bullets on it. You could throw grenades, C4 mines. It doesn't matter. That steamroller is going to continue slowly moving down the street. You know, it, that's what Juggernaut reminds me of. Matter of fact, his name shouldn't be Juggernaut. It should be Steamroller. Um, <laughs> but I think uh, uh, <laughs> uh, because he's so slow. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying I like Juggernaut. You just like the Juggernaut from the X-Men. That's the, that's why I don't like the name because he's nothing like the Juggernaut from the X Men. <laughs> like like Juggernaut from X Men was a beast. Explain that and then explain why you like him versus versus Ruiz more than him versus Wilder. Uh, well, Juggernaut was a beast. Uh, the Juggernaut from X Men was a savage dude that nobody could mess with. It didn't matter. They threw cars at him. The car was gonna bounce off of him and he go hit the building. You know what I mean? Like. He was a guy that was as wide as the street, used to slap a car. The car is going to fly a mile. You know what I mean? So that's not the juggernaut. Stop playing. Deontay Wilder's fist is more like the juggernaut's power than the juggernaut in the way that he fights. The juggernaut is more like steamroller, like I said. You You could call him steamroller. You could call him wrecking ball, something that's big and slow and powerful, you know? But, uh, But, yeah, I just think that, I think that uh, um, what's his name, Juggernaut, just gets hit way too much, and I still think that Deontay Wilder's right hand will put any dude to sleep in the heavyweight division if it lands flush. It almost put uh, um, it almost put Tyson Fury to sleep, but there wasn't much that was landed before that one power shot landed. Everything else was pretty much a miss before that one power shot landed to the head to Fury. If there'd have been some more body work and some more head work or against Fury from Deontay Wilder. Fury may not have gotten back up after that 12-round knockdown. You know who it's not put in the sleep, Kenny? Who's that? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I think the juggernaut gets hit way too much. It's a terrible matchup. Right there. Look at Big Joe Joyce. Bro, the juggernaut gets hit way too much. It's a terrible matchup. (laughs) <laughs> Terrible matchup, bro. I, I, I think, I, I think that the Juggernaut gets brutally knocked out by Deontay Wilder. Easy, uh, bro. I think the Juggernaut will place his head and run into the right hand, like here, knock me out. Here, hit me, hit me. You know, like, like it just doesn't. It, I, I, I don't want to see that fight. I rather, I rather see the Juggernaut show me that he can be in there with someone that has a a, a higher gas tank, faster hands, and a higher punch output like Andy Ruiz, because that show is going to show me that he has more skill and that he can move around a little bit because Andy, mess around Andy Ruiz, knock a nigga out too. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, he can't really stay there for the punches and bunches that Andy Ruiz throws. He's going to have to move around a little bit more. It's going to show me more of the juggernaut, make me believe in him more, to make me believe that he could beat Deontay Wilder. But right now, I think Deontay Wilder knocks him out, like knock, knocks his spark out. You know, <laughs> yeah, five times the bone density of the average human being, Kenny. Five times the big juggernaut. <laughs> who who came up with this with this fun fact? Joe, <laughs> he had his bone density tested at a university in England. I, 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 need, I, need, to, I need to go to University of England. I would pay pay per view dollars to see him take a wilder right hand. I really would. I would too. Hell yeah. To see what happens if he takes a wilder right hand, I really do. 
It's just that if you if, if you really like Joe Joyce the way that you're saying, you don't want to see that fight. Just He's yet. a nice guy. It looks like a nice <laughs> guy. And I met him in person. I met him in Vegas. He he trains mostly in Vegas now with with Salas. By the way, probably my favorite trainer in the sport, El Profe Ismael Salas. Um, I met him at the Devin Haney Jojo Diaz fight. Really nice guy. Really nice guy. Uh, nothing, nothing nice about those hands though. Well, actually. There's a lot nice about those hands. Sorry. Um, nothing nice about what he does with those hands is what I meant to say. So, yeah, it is what it is. Um, Ruiz, I'd love to see Ruiz versus the Juggernaut, too. That's an interesting matchup. But I would really like to see Wilder versus the Juggernaut. You know who else I would like to see Wilder in there with, too, believe it or not? Triple D, Daniel Dynamite Dubois. Yo, why are you disrespecting Deontay Wilder, man? <laughs> why are you why are you dis- <laughs> you woke up on the disrespect Deontay Wilder side of the bed today, bro? What's going on over there? Stop what? playing. I mean, by the way, that's if he makes it past Robert Hellenius. I'm just saying. I think he's gonna uh I think he's gonna brutally yeah. knock out Hellenius. 100 percent gonna win this fight at the Barclays. By the way. Me and your and your man and my man KT, we're we're trying to do everything we can to be in Brooklyn that night. Abs already in, baby. For 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 Wilder Hellenius, okay. So I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but the Nordic Nightmare might put some hands on Deontay. He's been knocked out two times in a row, brutally. I mean, his head is still messed up. I mean, he's still. Saying that, that Fury cheated. I, he ain't right. He ain't right mentally. He's still saying Fury cheated. And by the way, I'm going to turn up to that press conference just to ask if he's going to give a, an apology to Mark Breland. That that will be my main question. <laughs> he ain't going to do that. Are you now prepared to apologize to the Olympic gold medalist, former welterweight champion, elder black man statement a, a statesman in the sport of boxing will you prepare are you prepared to to apologize to mr mark breland by the way you're now in mr mark breland's hometown in his home borough in brooklyn new york are you going to do that sir he's probably going to answer well the the thing the thing about that is <laughs> nah, he's probably gonna say he's probably gonna say i never disrespected mark breeding i i just said my thoughts you know and i don't think that i have anything to apologize for i think that that's gonna, he's gonna say something along those lines when you do ask that question but um but i'm only yeah. asking that question if kt's behind me though that's the only way i'm asking i'm just playing <laughs> <laughs> that's funny and can I buy for for me that's the question so what round Helene is going to sleep uh I think somewhere between like the fifth and the ninth round I think that's a good range of where Helene will be going to sleep I don't know bro I don't know I really you don't think he's gonna go to sleep earlier I'm I don't know if he does go to sleep Oh my God! This guy woke up on the know. hate on Deontay Wilder's side of the bed today. Know that he goes to sleep. <laughs> no, and I'll tell you why. The the last times, look, 
I don't want to get. I'm just. Gonna, I'm just going to say it. Deontay Wilder does not put a lot of these guys coming over from Europe to sleep. He doesn't. For all of the talk about Euro bums and all of this other stuff that a lot of people over here in America like to say, at the end of the day, Tyson Fury didn't go to the, didn't go to sleep. And believe it or not, you know who else didn't go to sleep? Johan Duapas. He didn't go to sleep. He got TKO'd, but he didn't go to sleep. Deontay couldn't put him down, the Frenchman. Yes, he put Arthur Spielka to sleep, but Arthur Spielka, with all due respect, is a blown-up light heavyweight. He wasn't even that. He wasn't even that big as a cruiserweight, to be honest. Uh, but let's say whatever. He was a blown up cruiserweight. At the end of the day, Johan Duapas didn't go to sleep. Tyson Fury didn't go to sleep. I don't know if the Nordic Nightmare is going to go to sleep. I really don't know I that. So. I, I really so. don't know that he has gone. But the the problem with though that that makes me say, well, maybe he will go to sleep. And I'll tell you why. Is the Remember I mentioned Duapas? Duapas actually knocked him out. And uh, who's the other guy that knocked him out? It was, oh, Gerald Washington. So they picked a good guy. They picked a guy that can get knocked out. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I I think Deontay's going to win. And I actually do think that he's going to go to sleep. But I just don't know that he's going to go to sleep. I think he's going to go to sleep. I don't know he's going to go to sleep. Oh, I know he's going to go to sleep. I can put my money on that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. We got another one. Shout out to um, to my man right here. Gorguruga. Gorguruga makes it clear that Stavern also didn't go to sleep the first time. So it's not like everyone always goes to sleep. I I, I agree. Look, I just have a feeling that this is definitely going to go the knockout route. I think Deontay Wilder right now is looking as if he's training other skills besides the right hand, which I think will be beneficial for him in his next fights moving forward. Uh, I think he's going to give opponents different looks that they haven't seen from Deontay Wilder, especially a previous sparring partner like Hellenius. I think that it's going to be challenging. And I think that Deontay Wilder is going to come back and knock him out. Uh, Like, the guy's only skill previously was a powerful right hand that put most of his opponents out of their misery. He's adding to those skills, which is going to make the right hand less visible. A punch that you aren't expecting hurts so much more than a punch that you are expecting. And I what think that that's going to help work towards Deontay Wilder's advantage moving forward in his career. I think Deontay Wilder has gotten better. I don't think the power leaves. Um, He's changed his training. He's not necessarily doing the stupid bench pressing and no leg work. It seems like Deontay Wilder is getting on the right path. And I think he's getting better. I I don't, uh, Hellenius, I think is going to get brutally knocked out. Like it's going to be some savage next, like, bro, have the, have the, 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 the hospital emergency room people, Right outside the ring because it's going to be terrible for Hellenius. I'm telling you, it was a cherry pick. By the way, one, one thing I have to say: two hilarious things. Wilder versus Hilarious is a mismatch. They called them Hilarious instead of Hellenius, and the <laughs> other one is instead of Juggernaut, they called them Juggles Nuts. I love that. That's comedy. <laughs> we got, we got, we got the Bivantisa. So I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't think that that Hellenius is going to win. Look, Hellenius is actually Wilder's sparring partner. They're actually friends. This is a guy giving a guy a payday. 
he actually did this before with another friend of his, Malik Scott. So um, mm-hmm. he gave him a nice payday too. So Hellenius getting a nice payday, but Hellenius is likely gonna gonna go to sleep. M- uh, Malik Scott took the dive though. I think Hellenius is gonna be in there fighting. Malik Scott was like, "Don't hit me, please." Yeah, I mean, uh, Malik Scott, he got not KO'd by that phantom punch. You know, <laughs> but, I mean, Wilder's always talking about the like religious stuff. I guess he hit him with the holy gospel on that one. <laughs> I ain't really see that punch. The, 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 the wind, the force, the force that came with the fist, you know what I'm saying? It was like the surrounding aura around the fist. He didn't even have to touch him. He, the surrounding aura was so powerful that that little breeze knocked Maliska out. I mean, for a guy that's still going on about cheating, I mean, a lot of people feel that that was just a fixed fight. You know? It wasn't a fixed fight. A cheat to the people. A cheat to people's finances, their pockets. It was terrible. There you go. Uh, Gorguruga says, Hellenius Chin can't survive 12 rounds with Wilder, in my opinion, but he does have power to hurt Wilder, too. Well, we'll see. We'll see about that. Look, everybody that's here, hit the like button. All right? If you're new to the channel, hit the subscribe button. If you're new to KO Kenny, make sure you go over to knocked out by Kenny and subscribe over there too. All right. Remember, we're not doing Mondays anymore. All right. That's all because of me. That's my fault. I'm sorry. All right. But uh, I'm back to my teaching and I am no longer. Check out Big Frank over there. It's Big Frank. Big Frank don't want to be on the camera. He's shy as hell. <laughs> Look, he's scared. Get away, Big Frank. I love how you gave Big Frank the gold the gold chain, too, to match your gold chain. Yeah, sir. It got to be like his pops. You know how it goes. <laughs> my, cat, my cat, Coda, I was going to match up with Big Frank. I think he's undersized, unfortunately. Uh, you got Big Frank on the creatine on some kind of big <laughs> up like that. I don't know what you did, but anyhow. Listen, sprinkle a, a, a little bit of a, a powder steroids on his little dry calf. No, I'm fucking it. I'm messing around. <laughs> but, uh, man, you know, I, you know what I really want to do, though, before I announce all of the other stuff I need to announce? I've been wishing for years that I could have a bobcat as a pet. Because there's states where you can actually have a bobcat. Unfortunately, New York State is not one of them. Um, years ago, you told me that like you could domesticate some of these bigger cats, and I was like, nah, 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 you can't, you can't do that. But you're absolutely right. I started to see videos of people in like Texas and North Carolina got like these bobcats around their house, just like a regular cat. Unfortunately, New York is a very restrictive uh, state. Um, they don't allow us to do a lot of things that people consider freedoms in other states. Unfortunately, and. Owning bobcats is is one of them, but I would love to own a bobcat, you know. But anyways, back to what I was saying. No longer Mondays. We're here Sundays, guys, all right, which I'm hoping accommodates our people in uh, the U.K. and in Europe uh, who don't have to stay up so late to watch us on Mondays. But also, I can't do Mondays anymore because of work in my work situation. Having said that, having said that, Maestro will be going live. I can't promise every day, Monday to Friday, but I can promise multiple days, Monday to Friday, for punchlines from an undisclosed South Bronx middle school 
where I work in my basement office on my lunch break. We're going to be going punchlines multiple times a week, Kenny. Punchlines from the South Bronx Undisclosed Middle School on my lunch break. So make sure that around 12 to 1, you're tuning into this channel because you know what? Gorilla than the planet of the apes. I ride a punchline and plan it on your face. Eat a punch that you ain't even got a case. Here's a shot that you ain't even got a chase. You will see me live. I'm going to make full use of what my union has given me, which is an extended lunch break on my job. I'm part of one of the greatest unions in the country. It's called the UFT, United Federation of Teachers. Big up the UFT. All right. Oh, the wrong one. Oh, that's the wrong one, too. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I just hit the buzzer on my union, ladies and gentlemen. I just hit the buzzer on my own union. Is it this one? No, it's not that one either. Oh, that's the one. I there we go. There we go. Again, big up the UFT, the United Federation of Teachers. Okay, every, every public school teacher in New York City that works with a DOE is in my brotherhood. The UFT. So listen, Monday to Friday, you got to make sure you're looking out for these punchlines because I do have to apologize to all of my subs and especially my members because I've been slipping on the content the last little bit. You know, um, started a new job, uh, sustained a, a back injury. I've actually got a heating pad on me right now. I actually left to go re reheat it. Um, but I'm going to be doing it for my subs Big up Nando, uh, who's here with us. And uh, big up all my other members, man. Um, I really appreciate your membership. And I actually got something for you guys once you guys hit a year with me on the membership. But trust me, it's, you're going to like it. Little gift that I'm going to send you, send you. So if uh, you're approaching a year as a member, in a few months, I'm going to ask you to email me your address so that I can send you a little gift courtesy of yours truly my man nando's also a union guy he's local three operating engineers oakland branch big it up big it up and big up my other member right here my bro remy remy hit me on twitter today with, with a hot one i might have to do a punchlines on that one remy now that i think about it you know clarissa shields had a little thing to say about about you know a certain celebration that's going on this month. And we might need to talk about that one too. Kenny, any last words? First of all, you got, before I go to you, you got to check out all on the table, bro. The EP been out. The songs have been out. I got to hook my man Kenny up with rock the bells, LL cool J, because it's LL cool K Kenny. Or he got to be out there too. But Kenny, uh, shoot your shit fam. Yes, sir. You heard it first from Maestro. Make sure y'all listen to All on the Table. Tracks are out. I'm going to record, be recording a couple of videos for a couple of tracks. And then I'll move on to some other songs that I've written down that I'm dying to record. Um, but, yo, check out my channel. Definitely subscribe to Maestro. Uh, we got a, a great October 15th coming, which we will speak about next week, since we got so much to talk about October 15th. About October 15th. Uh, besides that, 
make sure, make sure, make sure y'all sub, y'all hit the like, and y'all check out the punchlines coming to you from the trenches in the Dirty South Bronx. We call it Dirty South Bronx. A lot of bad things happen here, but a lot of good things. A lot of success comes from here, too. Uh, uh, success comes from the hardest places, like a diamond in the rough. So 100%. shout out to Big Ups to Maestro putting in that extra labor and work in the middle of his already very flooded work day. 100 percent and you know we 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 built different here on maestro and kt you know my listen my day-to-day i'm a middle school teacher anybody who's been around middle school kids you know that ain't always easy you know i'm but i love my job um and like i said i've now set up the situation in my workplace i got a great colleague he's actually a, a boxer active believe it or not who teaches pe with me at the school um, but I set up my situation there so I can actually go live on my lunches because I got to I got to bring out the content for my subs and especially for my members. So and there's so many topics in boxing, you know, I love to to go off the top, Kenny, and and, and freestyle on my on my punchlines. So um, there you go. Subscribe to the real KO Kenny. Hit the like button. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button, share the video, and yes, we got a beautiful Showtime card coming up, um, and and we do need that, and I am going to be talking about that this week. Thank you, everybody. That is it for Mano a Mano. Everybody have a great week. Yeah. 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 Chrome hearts at the Caesars Palace. I was a sneaker savage, undefeated baggage. K-Bar, you can be established. A 230s, that's 69s. You can eat a salad while you feed a phallus. I speak in palettes that compete with graphics. At the speed of cheetah gallops at indecent average. Chopsticks when I be eating garrets. Philippe receipt embarrassed, you can't see the marriage. That's why I started this in Vegas. Proposed to my toast, Neo's married to the Matrix. But I hate this bitch like I'm married to a racist. An addict, so the kilos get buried in the basements. Speed the wagon like Rio's vicarious, vivacious. Patois, noir, but the Creole is basic. So when I'm around in Haitians, I don't even say shit. Last album sounded like I was signed to a spaceship. Brain was on drugs and my eyes was on LASIK. And the shit got legs, I don't think that I can chase it With rocket power A6 But the next one's coming with cases And witness protection facelifts For the fans, why hit them with kabams When a germaphobe jab can wash a nigga with hands I am not in my feelings, I'm in my glands I am not no bitch, I'm in a trance Pandemic gimmicks got niggas all in the scams Panhandling brilliance put lyrics all in their hands Alan Watts got Watts living without a plan but I want the smokes while the kitchen ain't got no fans. L, 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 L.